Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and hypergig for details. Class Action is a production of iHeartRadio and Sound Argument. Thank you, Your Honor. Now, Detective Fitton, you were the lead investigator of this murder. I was. And you'd agree that there are important parts of an investigation? Of course. Matt Skinner was in my trial ad class last spring, and when we got to cross-examination week in trial ad, he came in and said, I know that I can push this, but I don't know how. And that was the first time that a student had come to me outside of class and said, hey, can you show me how to get to this higher level? I know there's something there, but what do I need to do? And he came into class that night with this cross-examination that just utterly devastated the witness and was brutal. Now, let's talk about that. You measured the crime scene? I did. The shooter was 65 yards away from the deceased? Yes. You measured these distances with three-foot-wide steps? I did. You didn't use a tape measure? No. You didn't use a yardstick? You used nothing to provide a more accurate measurement? I used my three-feet gait to measure, and I think that's very accurate. Is it more accurate than a tape measure? No. No further questions, Your Honor. You're listening to Class Action. We're back in South Dakota. It's getting colder outside, and the mock trial season is rolling on. This is Episode 8, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants. Matt, give us your debrief. Um, I felt good about it. I thought I did a good job. I think our argument works. I think it's in our favor. Recently, we spent a day with Matt Skinner, who's a standout intern at the Minnehaha County Public Defender's Office in Sioux Falls. Matt's a third-year law student and is certified to conduct legal work in the state. Today, he's working with a client who claims that his rights were abused by the Sioux Falls Police Department during an arrest. And I'm like, what? And I open the door. And then I go out and I say, how do you guys get in here? You know, it's just... I was going to say something about that. 
so we can't take anything that he has to say with actual validity. Matt is assigned to work with Derek Hoffman, himself a recent grad and a former mock trial competitor. The two of them walk their client over to the county courthouse, which is just two blocks away. Matt is going to cross-examine the cops today. All right. Okay. He's going to pretty much do the whole thing. He's more than qualified. He's on trial team. It's the same thing. I mean, there's no difference. It's probably easier to cross-examine a real cop (laughs) than a fake cop because these real cops are dumber. Then we'll debrief afterwards. I've always wanted to do defense work. I applied to the public defender's office, and they gave me a chance, and I really liked it. My name is Matthew Skinner, Jr., and I am a 3L. So I am from the Ogallala Sioux Tribe. My dad is Matthew Skinner Sr. He's got a practice out in Rapid City. And he has done criminal law since I was born. Got a trial coming up, and mom and dad would sit in the front seat, talk about it, and I'd be in the back leaning forward, trying to listen as much as I could. I'd say I'm defense-minded because of my dad. I love what he does. A lot of police officers that I've talked to have been like, well, you're just trying to get the bad guy away. And it's like, no, I'm trying to make sure you do your job. If you missed a step in your investigation, that should not affect this person. You need to do your job to the best of your ability, and I'm holding you accountable to that. Are you going to do the first cop? I think you got it, dude. I just don't know how to. I don't know how to do the. I can't remember how to do the recollection. Back inside the law school building in Vermilion, students are in between classes. They're workshopping their opening statements. Should I turn my computer on? Like the volume? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to do right now. Oh, wait, no, I can turn mine off, sorry. May it please the court, counsel, your honor, today you're going to see a contrast between fantasy and reality. Tyler Valeski is a second-year law student. Today, he's practicing with his trial team for its first competition of the season. The case is a fun fact pattern, and it's a wrongful death. You see, what tears families apart is they fight over money. And in this case, we got a $125 million estate, and greed gets the best of people sometimes. That's good advice, though, how to put that together. This is something that excites me. It's a lot of work, can be stressful, but it's what I want to do. And when people think of lawyers, uh, when they think of the profession, they think about the trials. That's what makes the lawyers. It's a little bit of theater involved, and you get to show off a little bit. You know, the trial, that's kind of, that's the pinnacle of practicing law, I think. Uh, You know, some people just want to sit in an office all day and open probates and look at estates and never see a courtroom. I would get bored after a while. As an overarching, really important statistic for today's discussion, I think it is worthwhile to keep in mind the higher rate of police killings in the United States versus other countries. We don't have a lot of data. My name is Greg Brazil. I'm an assistant professor at the University of South Dakota Law School. And the name of the class is Selected Issues in Criminal Law. So today we're turning to policing the rise of the warrior cop. I love teaching this class, even though it involves a lot of difficult conversations. 
I recently did that ride-along with the Vermilion Police Department, and it seemed like they are very much a community-based, problem-solving department. That being said, the state of South Dakota did offer a grant to the South Dakota DOC Midwest Gang Investigators Association to uh, have this event that took place last year, Sioux Falls, featuring Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, uh, the killology guy. Here is an extreme, but not a typical quote from the kind of presentation that Dave Grossman makes. We are at war and our cops are the frontline troops in that war. You are the Delta Force. It's your job to put a piece of steel in your fist and kill those sons of bitches when they come to kill our kids. The law students are confronting the rise in police militarization here in their own home communities. South Dakota has a strong tradition of politeness, respect, helping your neighbors. A lot of people don't even lock their doors at night. But these days, the rhetoric says they're at war. Final word. I was in about seventh or eighth grade when I had the SWAT raid my home at three in the morning looking for my brother who was already incarcerated. So you have seven to eight people coming in with their flashlights, their extremely large guns, you know what I mean? Me, my little sister, my mom, and my dad, and you're looking for my brother. You're telling me you couldn't, how much research, how much did you have to do to look and see that he was already locked up? Why are you looking for him in our house, in the middle? You see what I'm saying? So that's where it's just like that distrust, things like that, where there has to be this, I wouldn't say like a bright line rule where it's like in these instances, we need it, and in these, you can't. I I just think it really... It creates a lot of distrust. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. this and one more comic. It's, it's unreasonable. I mean, there are circumstances where we do need a strong police force, but there might get to a point, and this is not far-fetched, where they are so, in, where they are so powerful that we can't tell them no, even if, they're, even if what they're doing is unjust. Tyler. If you don't like something like burn, you know, it's the politicians that put in the place. So if you yeah. think we're, you know, funny too much military, Terrorization and the police, who's put in that place? Oftentimes, it's the police officers who get blamed for carrying out these policies that are put in place by higher-ups, and politicians make these decisions. So maybe, like you said, we can hold the politicians accountable, you know. Exactly, and that trust issue has such huge consequences for crime. So if you're concerned about reducing crime, you have to care about trust. We'll talk about that when we do the police legitimacy unit as well. All right, thanks, everyone. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Back in Sioux Falls, Matt Skinner is inside courtroom number one defending his client. This is an actual case, not a mock trial. Today's appearance is a suppression hearing, and the DA's office objected to the presence of our microphones. Matt is questioning the procedures taken by two Sioux Falls cops during the arrest of his client. It's a big assignment for an intern, a sign that the public defender's office has confidence in his abilities. I tell myself, like, for this suppression all week, I was nervous for it, obviously, and stressed. But the best way I can cope with that stress is telling myself, all I have to do is my best because I am not the reason that this person is in court today. Whether they did it or not is of issue for a jury. The suppression hearing lasts about an hour. Matt checks in with his client in the hallway afterwards. I've never been in a party any of that, so it was kind of interesting to watch how that actually goes down. You know, you can question yeah. the cops and see the cops nervous for once, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks like, for letting me <laughs> take the reins on that, too. I appreciate it. It was a yeah, great learning know. experience. Spent a lot of time with it. Texting Derek random ran, at random hours. Hey, can you look this up for me? <laughs> oh, that's cool. But I appreciate it. Yeah, and I'll get with your office and find out my next. It's going to be a busy day. So as soon as Matt gets a free minute, he calls his dad. You hear me? I did. So it went well. They ended up calling um, two of the three officers. Right. The one officer was like newly a cop. So it felt like kind of like a showdown between the newbie lawyer and the newbie cop. But I got him to essentially admit that he never read Miranda and that he should have. Oh, really? He admitted that. But did he admit that he should have read him? Yeah, he's like, I didn't, but I should have. Ooh, that's, that's a pretty good point. Yeah. For you, so. yeah. It's hard to win those suppression hearings, and you just got to go for it, right? That's how you learn. That's how you get better. 
that's the fear is you don't want to look stupid, but all of us as attorneys have been there. So now I'm sure you're glad you did the whole thing that you did both of the cops. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. I, I only did one stupid thing too. <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't know how to basically question the cop about the impaired driver report. <laughs> so I'm like standing there. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. I had to call the attorney over to basically walk me through it while I was standing next to the cop. And now that you've done that, you know how to do it? We'll talk more about it uh, at the cabin week. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you later, maybe tonight, too. All right. I'll talk to you later. Love okay. you. All right. Love you, too. Later. Later. Trusting to uh, keep the keys in the car. Usually, yeah, that's the thing in South Dakota. I've never, uh, I don't lock the house. I don't like keep my keys in the car. So right here, this is kind of what's famous in Vermilion. You have the Dakota Dome. This is where the football team plays. But yeah, this is kind of like the jewel of Vermilion right what's here. What's happening? Let's see here. Let's go by here. Oh, oh. Preseason scrimmage, baby. I think that, that's the football team, the Coyotes. We're at Main Street. This is where I get my hair cut, the Coyote Barbershop. There's the Varsity Pub. My roommate, he's a lawyer. He practices right over there. Carries. That's the scholarly bar. <laughs> that's where we have all our socials. And... Okay, here's our courthouse. They're talking about building a new one, but I don't think that's gonna, taxpayers aren't gonna go for that, I don't think. South Dakota has this notion of tough on crime, you know, lock them up. Well, you gotta take into account somebody's life story, their history, what they've been through, what's created them to be in that situation. And, uh, you know, I definitely see myself in that role, kind of helping the underdog and, you know, just being his best advocate as I can for people that are, you know, kind of underdogs of society that have a mistrust of the system. So Vermilion's in a neat, unique location, so over past this river, then you're in Nebraska. I don't know what your stereotypes about South Dakota people are, but I've never hunted. I don't fish. I don't camp. I don't hike. Growing up, yeah, I came from an athlete family, so sports were important, and uh, I know about yeah, politics laws. Okay, let's get out Like a lot of these politicians, I'll tell you how they do it. They connect with the culture. I'm not gonna put on a cowboy hat or shoot a gun just for political votes. Well, I guess my situation, in my hometown, everybody knows I'm Native American because my dad and everything, so. Traditionally, though, like a lot of Native Americans, it's part of the old, the old culture. You know, you the hunted buffalo on the prairie for survival. I don't know. I just, I never got into it because my thing was, you know, in, a, in the early part of November, the last thing I want to do is be in a field at 7 o'clock in the morning when it's 32 degrees out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Hi, good hey, to see good you. To I see was you, glad you came yeah. up. One of the calls I was on this week was recruiting candidates to run. I will tell you, Tyler's name was brought up, and I have no doubt that if there's any candidate that, that if they want to rise up in the party and and give up of the, some of them themselves to help others, this is the person that'll do it. Well, my name is Dennis Olson. I'm from Huron, South Dakota. I am the national committeeman for the South Dakota Democratic Party. Got the opportunity to join him and work with on his campaign. I did a lot of parades, homecoming parades, um, a couple debates, and then a lot of campaigning door to door. So it's a lot of work. In 2017, Tyler Valeski ran for state representative as a Democrat, following in his dad's footsteps of public service. What Tyler had where he was working for everybody. He will represent everybody and be a voice for everyone. There's individuals like Tyler and his age that are fired up and like Barack Obama would say, and ready to go. They have the enthusiasm that's been missing. Dennis remembered to bring along some old campaign clips to play for Tyler. So what speech is this from? Is this is this from one of my speeches, or did we write this out? I don't I don't know. So I got to do there's like two, a there's speech. Two, I can't remember. It looks like oh. there's two versions. I know I did. I, I mean, oh, right, right here. There's two. Of them. Well, there's two versions. I, my last version was the best, I think. But yeah, yeah, that's it. This is a good one. I'm going to be here today. I will say, running for office as a first-time candidate, I announced when I was 26 years old. And it's been a very, at times, stressful experience, but also very rewarding experience. It's been an honor and one of the most rewarding experiences of my life. Well, the second. Uh, number one is coaching my baseball team. Those kids always come first. They're always in my heart, number one. But it's been a great journey, and we're going to finish off strong these next four days now. And we're going to get a big victory on November 6th. November 6th. Tyler ran as a Democrat in a majority Republican district. He went door to door and pulled votes from the incumbents. Even though we didn't win, we overperformed mm-hmm. uh, based on the voting registration. But when I got out of there, I said, this isn't the end of it. This, we're just getting started here. It's just a matter of when we get that next opportunity. Tyler Valeski still has that fire in the belly to get out and help the Democratic Party, the party of working people, of diversity, the party that tries to include everybody under its big tent. Let me talk a little bit about running for office. It's been a very rewarding and a very humbling journey. I see some of all these beautiful letters that many of you have written about me, all the fond words that you've written about me, and I think to myself, who the hell are they talking about? (laughs) But it's been a great journey, and we got to keep it going. (laughs) We everything to running. You can get your dad's old district back. (laughs) And so... Like I said, I'm concerned about democracy and putting food on the table. I mean, we have people who are working two and three jobs just trying to make it, okay? That's why we got fire in the belly for Democrats to get involved and do the thing. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. That's one thing that I've learned. Sometimes you take a detour. But if you have that goal, no matter what detour you take, the path will always lead you back there, if you want it. How do you feel wearing a suit? Oh, I like it. I like dressing up. That's one of the things I enjoy about the legal profession. You get to look nice and wear a suit.
Tyler has finally arrived at his big moment, his first appearance at a mock trial. It just gives you a little edge, a little confidence, and people treat you different. When I'm walking to the gas station today, everybody opens the door and says, hi, sir, how you doing? Where normally I don't get that kind of treatment. But once inside the courtroom, that suave outward appearance starts to give way to nervous tension. Okay, you want to turn that down? Oh, wait, no, I can turn mine off, sorry. Like I said, I just want to hit the care for grandma, gambling, try to get that search history in. If not, I'll finish with a few follow-up questions, and then we'll move on. Jace, that should be pretty straightforward. And I guess where we're at on time might determine whether I redirect, although it's probably not yeah. going to be too long. So here's, here's the, the mentality on redirect. If you think it was super damning that they brought something up that you need to address, in out four questions, right? Mr. Miller and Mr. Bolesky, uh, we're ready whenever you are. May it please the court, counsel, members of the jury, the case before you today comes down to fact versus fiction. The factual reality that Jace Billington experienced every single day that he lived with his grandmother, caring for her, and the fictional fantasy of his younger sister, Parker, Members of the jury, my name is Tyler Valeski, along with my co-counsel, Mr. Miller, Dylan Miller. Over the course of the team trial, battles for position in the case, but calling of exhibits online, it's a technological nightmare. I have to put exhibits on there through the computer, and I, I just learned how to like share that last night. Then, under the judge's watchful eye, one of the witnesses throws them a curveball. Hello, Miss Billington. Can you please introduce yourself to the jury? I don't know if we have. Are we missing someone? I don't know if we have our witness. She was our assigned witness. She's from Hofstra. Oh, she was your assigned witness? Yes. Hang on. Our witness did not show up right away. So I was supposed to do a direct examination right away during our case in chief. And I called the witness and our witness was not there. So we had to move ahead and do Dylan's part first. And I was like, uh-oh, this could be bad. We don't have our witness here. That's gonna look really bad for the school. It's fine. Take care. Good job. Good job, guys. Thanks for your time, Alex. Really appreciate the feedback. As soon as the trial comes to a close, Tyler calls his dad for some perspective. Hey, buddy. Hey, how's it going? Good. I wanted to talk to you about what went down today. I had the trial, and I absolutely killed it. And I got the best opening award. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, it was disappointing today anyway. We were set to go at 1 o'clock, and they switched the bracket up on us. We don't know exactly how it was going. We were supposed to go twice, and then the top teams advanced to the finals. But 
I don't know. Either they switched up the bracket, but regardless, we're not going today. What was your first trial like? What was your experience like with that? Oh, I had a good experience. I was well prepared. It's like anything in life. If you're prepared, you can handle it. See, this is good experience for you for the real world because you're preparing for trial right now. Uh, hopefully we go. If not, any other last words of advice? No advice. Just to say, Tyler, I love you. You have that natural gift of communication. You don't learn that in books. It's just something you're kind of born with. And you were born with it. And you always strive for it. And you got it. You've got the it factor, buddy. All right. Talk to you later. God bless you. Bye-bye. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. So let's look at adoptive couple versus baby girl, which seems like it's in serious tension with Holyfield um, in a couple of different ways. So we'll pull that apart um, a bit. So Professor Ann Tweedy the teaches the Indian law class. South sure Dakota was one of the first states to put an Indian together, law question um, on its bar exam. Differently by many people, but ICWA certainly is for the benefit of tribes, and so ambiguities are to be resolved in favor of the tribe. Statutes are to be liberally construed. Today, they're tackling a major controversy, a case that's actually headed to the United States Supreme Court. 
Earlier this week, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals released an extensive opinion on the Indian Child Welfare Act. Lawyers immediately started to examine its potential effect on legal processes in place for more than 40 years. An attorney with the American Civil Liberties Union says much of the law still stands, but some important protections have been found unconstitutional. The Indian Child Welfare Act, which we also refer to as ICWA, was passed in 1978. Native children were being removed by state social service workers and placed with non-Indian families. There were some studies that revealed these hugely disparate problems with Native children being removed. And so ICWA was supposed to remedy that. And so it put in protections so that the child would stay with the family. And um, there were also placement preferences so that if a child was removed, they would go to a family that was within the tribe, an extended family member before they would go to a non-Indian family. Mm -hmm. Right, that's a big part of it is that they're saying the family's not being broken up if there never never was a family, according to the court. So we have 1912 Native families are in danger of losing their children. So that's a huge problem. It was trying to undo these centuries of oppression where um, tribal governments and tribal cultures were the target of these destructive policies. And if we sort of end those remedial policies, it will instantiate more injustice for tribal families. Tribal cultures, too, because there's also a concern, well, tribes will die out. If so many of their children are taken away, how can they even sustain themselves? Um, goes to show just how complicated it is. Tyler? Oh, can I share a personal story? My father was born on the Standing Rock Indian Reservation. He grew up in poverty, came from a home of alcoholism and violence and abuse. And all of a sudden, the Department of Social Services showed up with no notice, and they just took him from the home and put him in foster care four hours away in Huron to a white family. And throughout his childhood, there was a huge battle. He went back and forth to the res, then his mom would kind of go down a bad road, then he would go back to the foster home. And there was a big custody battle, and eventually he was adopted. I just have to make sure my dog Snow is out of the office because sometimes he has a tendency to bark when people come in the front door. So just excuse me, Snow, where are you, Snow? Snow, come here. I don't have to go comb my hair. I don't have to put any mousse in my hair or anything like that. We're okay? Okay. (laughs) My name is Ron Valesky. I'm an attorney here in South Dakota. And uh, I... uh, just usually go by Ron Valesky, attorney at law. I have been told by my relatives, I've been advised that we are in the lineage of Sitting Bull. How many generations back that goes, I'm not certain, but I have been told by my family that We are in the ancestral line of uh, Chief Sitting Bull. Makes me feel humbled and makes me feel very glad about who I am. (laughs) 
I was born on the Standing Rock Indian Reservation. As my siblings all were, we were born into poverty. We were born into family dysfunction. We were born into alcoholism. And uh, there was some physical abuse, etc. I loved my mother, and but she was an alcoholic. And um, there were times when the welfare agency, they would come and take us children and put us in foster homes and foster care, different places. My brother was about three, maybe I was five and he was four. We were just young kids. And that went on for a number of years until finally the welfare department said, well, that's enough. I ended up uh, being adopted by the Valeskis and my mom said, yeah, you showed up. The head of the welfare department brought you to the house. You had a t-shirt on with a hole in it. You had a little, some little shorts on. You had tennis shoes with a hole in both toes and a shoebox. And that was all your belongings. And they took me in. They loved me and they raised me. And uh, I'm here today as an example of love and courage by a white family that adopted a little Indian child from the reservation. Uh, my father was a custodian at Lincoln School. And every day after school, I would go down to uh, where he was working at the school and, and I'd play basketball hour after hour in the gym. So, and also played some football, ran track, played baseball, all those things. I wasn't Jim Thorpe, but I was a pretty decent all-round athlete. You know, you always got some war hoops and basketball from different fans around the state, but I took that as a compliment because I was a good player and, and when the other side was trying to do chants and war hoops when I was shooting free throws, uh, I took that as a badge of honor, maybe even a sign of respect towards me. My father that adopted me, he died when I was a freshman in high school. So uh, I, I often say I became a juvenile delinquent, which I did for a year or two, but I ran into a guidance counselor named Dona Brown, who called me down to her office one day. And she said, you know, I don't know what you're doing. You're, you're flunking this and you're flunking that. But she said, your test scores are very high. And she said, how would you like to go to Harvard? And I said, well, I don't know anything about Harvard. Don't know that I've ever heard of it, except I know they played the Carlisle Indians back in 1912 and got beat, but not even sure where it is. She said, well, it's in Cambridge, Massachusetts. So I did my part and she did her part and I got an opportunity to go to Harvard and uh, spent four years there in college and I went to the University of South Dakota Law School and I was very interested in politics at that point in time. Ron Valesky was elected to the state legislature as a Republican in 1980, the only Native American lawmaker at the time. Where's Native American representation 
in state government? How many cabinet members in state government are Native American? How many Native Americans on the circuit court bench throughout the state of South Dakota? When are we going to get representation in this government like we should have and like we need to have? I say to the power structures, listen to what's happening out there and let's make state government and the judicial system more representative of the population as a whole. Can I have an amen? amen. Thank you. He was a barrier breaker in the sense that I think he was the first Native American to, uh, you know, run for governor for a major party at the time in the United States. I used to go to the Standing Rock. I remember uh, when my dad was running for governor, we went to the reservation. You know, I met some of my uncles and family that I didn't even know personally. My dad's represented a lot of Native Americans throughout the state because he's well known in Indian Territory. And being one of the few, you know, Native American attorneys, they know you and they might not know too many lawyers, so they give him a call. He tries to help, you know, people from where he came from as much as he can. In tribal court, things are much more informal. The family structures are much more different among Native people than they are among uh, the white dominant society. So when you're in those areas of practicing law and tribal court, you have to understand those nuances. Uh, we don't have a lot of Native American attorneys in South Dakota. I think we need more Native American attorneys on the reservations. We don't have enough. Native Americans are rather reserved people. They aren't the types of people that are real aggressive, but yet they are strong people and they know that. And I think that helps them at times to be able to rise above racism, bigotry and prejudice and really become what they want to become. And here's the deal. What they want to become isn't always what the dominant white society would think that they should want to become. They have their own sense of well-being. And that well-being sometimes isn't in harmony with the society outside them. be talking about Native Americans and criminal justice. Please come on up and welcome Professor Frank Palmerstein. In case any of you do not Back in Professor Greg Brazil's class, Tyler meets the man who wrote the Tribal Court Handbook, a 60s radical who drove out to the prairie in a battered Chevy Nova and didn't look back. He ended up teaching tribal law at USD. <clears throat> historically. There have been very few figures in state politics in particular that show respect to Indian people. Well, we say to me, Frank, you know, until people show us respect, we're not going to be able to go forward. In one of my last couple of years in Indian law, I had like students read a book by Louise Erdrich, 
or other Indian authors, and my assignment went something like this. Write a three-page book review of this. His students were saying, they just like really confronted stuff. Or Indian people saying that they were finding it tough like fitting into law school because they didn't felt, feel that law school really had enough space for them. I guarantee you cannot be a good prosecutor unless you have some understanding that racism actually exists and it's a possibility in every case that you have. And certainly from the defense side, of course, you have to, I believe, entertain it. If you just pretend that it doesn't exist because you're a good person, in quotation marks, like, no, you can't be a good lawyer. You definitely cannot. Let me get a round of applause for Professor Palmerstein. Thank you. Thanks so much. I really enjoyed it. In Sioux Falls, Matt Skinner's internship at the Public Defender's Office is coming to a close. He and Derek are meeting with a new client. Matt, why don't you kind of run through the charge? Okay, so yeah, uh, DUI first and speeding. The location of the traffic stop was on Interstate 90, mile marker 398, Minnehaha County. When the officer arrived on the scene, spoke with Trooper Jensen, who informed him that the driver who was stopped for traveling 102 miles per hour in a 65 mile per hour speed zone. Does that sound right so far? While in the patrol vehicle, the officer detected the odor of alcoholic beverage. Is that right? That's right. A breath test was administered. The reading was 0.13 breath alcohol content. You were placed under arrest for driving under the influence, first offense, transported to jail. Yes. And this was at like 3.30? Yes, I was traveling from uh, central South Dakota, the lower rural, the Indian reservation. So is that where you had the drinks? Yes. That morning, early morning hours, around 0300. Okay. Are you in the military? I was in the military, yes. Marines? Yes, sir. Um, I have something I need to disclose to you guys right now. I'm on a a suspended position right now for a reckless driving charge. For reckless? Yeah. Okay. And that was actually a DUI. I was dealing with a suicide of one of my brothers in arms at the time, and I was mourning that death. And that's why I lost control of myself at that point. This incident was mourning a cousin of mine. That's why I was back on the reservation and traveling back here through Sioux Falls. Okay. So I think it's a little bit of a pattern there. I don't know if you want, if that matters. I mean, that definitely matters. Um, Is there going to be like jail time because it's a suspended imp? On this case, the offer right out of the gate is just a standard first uh, DUI. Does that make sense? Yeah, probably a good thing then. Okay. All right. So what we'll do today is we can ask for the delay on your behalf. So you can leave if you want. I know you've been here a while. Maybe I'll stay and go. Okay. 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 Accept responsibility for my actions. All right. Thanks. That was honestly nice that he did that because I would guess that most clients wouldn't be like, hey, I already have a suspended imposition. He was like, I got to tell you right now I have this, which was really nice to actually have. When I'm looking for a trial lawyer, I am looking for somebody who at the end of the day, do you have a capacity to look at another human being who is separate and apart from you to empathize with their situation and to recognize when an injustice has occurred under the rules and then zealously argue 
I want them all day long and twice on Sunday. Coach Laura Rose runs the trial team and teaches classes. On top of all that, this year, she submitted the documents for tenure review. Dad, you got the email that I forwarded you last night, right? Wanting some father-daughter time, she calls her dad, who happens to be Professor Charles Rose III, Dean of the College of Law at Ohio Northern University. Oh uh, yeah, the, the one about the course syllabi? No, not the course syllabi one, not that one. Well, hang on, I didn't even send you the one that I wanted to send you. Let me send you this one. Charles Rose spent 20 years on active duty in the United States Army and was on the faculty at Stetson University, where he led the trial team to the number one ranking for 12 years. He also wrote the book, actually lots of books, on trial advocacy, including one he co-authored with his daughter, Laura. How's the end of your semester wrapping up? You know, we're all busier than we have any right to be. Uh, particularly the trial team, because we're not done with competitions, except for uh, National Trial League, which we've got going on. I love my dad a great deal. He's my hero. He's he's who I want to be when I grow up. I've modeled my, my career after him. I have very fond memories of when daddy started law school, I started kindergarten. So a daddy and daughter used to get up in the morning and go to school together, right? He would drop me off at school. And my whole life, it's kind of been like that. He's provided me with unending opportunities. Well, and you see, you see that habit in, in some of the competitions where people are picking one fact or two facts and over-dramatizing it and relying on that. I just, I don't know how to square that with the obligation that we have to educate lawyers, right? Like, I'm not going to teach my students how to act. That's not my job. My job is to teach them how to advocate. You, I get that, but if you'll think about it for a minute, you have to train them to deal with the person who's all show and no go. So that when they run into that in the real world, they know how to take them apart. So how do we, how do I fix it for next semester? My instinct is to keep teaching the way that I have been teaching and have the conversations with the students that I've been having in terms of this works, this doesn't, this is why. We have to pull the emotion out of these Midwestern kids at a greater level so that it comes through the camera. Because what's happening is, is that they tend to be self-facing, standing upright, polite young men and women, right? And then you put the the lens of the camera on top of that. The camera creates this barrier to communication. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins. Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. 
Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Well, I got a navy blue suit with a nice blue Charvet tie. So I think I'm looking pretty presidential. To give Tyler another shot at mock trial, Coach Laura Rose has put him on a team of two L's for the Capital City Challenge, hosted by American University in Washington, D.C., and held this year online. There's a lot of schools in it, schools from the East that we, we saw last semester in the Hofstra competition. Some pretty big-time schools, so we're going to give them our best. But we're kind of representing the Midwest here in South Dakota. The case is set in the fictional city of Washingtonia, and it gives Tyler another workout with medical details. The USD team is defending Dr. Pierre Legren. The doctor's crime? He impregnated a patient with his own semen instead of her husband's, which meant their new baby was not a bone marrow match for their older child, who is dying of leukemia. I will be doing a cross-examination of the state's witness the mother or father in this case. And then I'll be doing a direct examination of Pierre Legrand. He's the doctor that's on trial, being charged with second degree murder and fraud. So hopefully he kind of comes across as human or empathetic, but this guy's a real tough character, very high on himself and didn't think he did anything wrong. In our practice, they said I have to tone it down a little bit because I'm crossing a mother that just got lost her daughter, and they're blaming the doctor. So I have to show some empathy today, and I can't hit her too hard. Hey, can you get up here, man? Mm-hmm. God, we look good. Yes, we I do. guess turn this on. Good evening, Your Honor. My name is Damian Vason, and I, along with my co-counsel, Tyler Valeski, represent the defendant, Dr. Pierre Legrand. In today's case... Howard University challenged South Dakota. We have a few stipulations that we would like to bring to the court's attention uh, that is also in the case file. The Howard team, it's a formidable opponent. Mr. Boyd, can you tell us a little bit about your daughter, Emma? They do the direct exam of the mother in the case. She lost a daughter. Of course, Emma, she was a golden child. I mean, just look at her. The way her hair goes down and her bow, and she brought so much happiness to our lives. But now that she's gone, it's just a feeling of being incomplete. And why is Emma gone, as you just stated? She unfortunately passed away when she was eight years old, and she had leukemia and didn't get a transplant that she needed. How long had Emma 
Boy, I gotta be soft with her. Hello, Mrs. Du Bois. I know these are difficult circumstances, but I need you to bear with me so we can get through this together to find the truth today. He delivered you a baby. Yes, my beautiful baby boy, Marcus. <sighs> Take your time, Mr. Boy. Now you blame Dr. Lagrain for this, is that correct? I'm not blaming, I'm just bringing light to the situation. We deserve justice. So you're assuming that had Dr. Lagrain used Martin's sperm, Emma would be alive? Just based on what other doctors had told me. I want to talk about you found out Marcus was not a... Soon, the prosecution has them on the edge of their seats with the closing. Yes, the Dubois family wanted a baby, but they did not want the defendant's baby. They wanted a baby that could help Emma. A baby could have been born if he had used Martin's sperm. This doctor's deadly disregard is why we are asking you to find the only verdict that the evidence supports and that justice demands. Find Pierre Lagrange guilty of first-degree fraud and second-degree depraved heart murder for the death of eight-year-old Emma Dubois. Thank you. Thank you, prosecution. Does the defense have a closing argument? Yes, Your Honor. Members of the jury, the Dubois family came to Dr. Lagrange hoping for a miracle. They knew there was no guarantee, but they had a plan. The state just told you that Dr. Lagrange is not a miracle worker. That is correct. He is not a miracle worker. Dr. Lagrange cannot create magic out of dust. What he did by choosing to use his own sperm was he provided a chance for Emma, a chance that had he used Martin Dubois' sperm would have been highly unlikely. But oftentimes, members of the jury, when tragedy comes upon us, when we lose a child, when our dreams and expectations are not met, oftentimes in our grief, in our pain, in our suffering, we look for somebody to blame. We look for a scapegoat because that is the easy route. And today, the state has chosen to... While the two L's battle it out at the Capital City Challenge, graduating 3L Matt Skinner is cleaning out his desk at the public defender's office. Tide me over. Should we uh, do our tradition for the last time? Oh, go over to the source? Source. Yeah, go over to the source. I'll buy coffees for everybody since I made Matthew a partner. <laughs> it's kind of like a newborn bird who just has his wet, stubbly little feathers, but you think he can fly? <laughs> just kick him out of the nest. Well, suppose it's about that time, huh? I'll keep you posted on that suppression, and then... If it does get appealed or whatever, or if it does have a trial, we'll probably peel you in and have you come second chair and cross some more cops. All right. Hopefully it'll be an actual attorney. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, man. Well, 
walk you out here. I'm sure I'll stop by. I gotta turn this into Tracy. Yep, the old timesheets. Yeah, last one. Are you still here? We did a <laughs> did a coffee run, but I'm out. Some, some Thank food. you for the semester and everything. PDO over the summer, past two summers is great. Yeah. Learned a lot. Well, you uh, did a try. great job today. Thank you. So we appreciate everything. Thanks for everything. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. We'll see you later. All right, man. We'll see ya. Yeah, I forgot my bag in here. Oh, try to. <laughs> We gotta jump on a Zoom meeting with Rose. I'm, I'm trying to get us on it right now. Okay, I just, Maddie just told me what you know. Is she about ready to rip us apart? I thought we did good. Yeah. Watch, she's gonna yell at me. Well, at least this guy's not going to jail because it's not a real case. Back on campus, the South Dakota team had good responses from the judges. And then Mr. Valeski. Yes, you have a really great natural presence, and I and Thank like you. I mean I don't know if it's improvisation, but it feels like like especially over Zoom, it's so hard not to feel like everyone's just like, "Hello, my name is Kate Bannon," you know. And I thought you had a really great way of being able to show like a natural presence and responding to witnesses in a great way. Thank and you. great job, and good luck with the rest of the rounds. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. But they are anxiously awaiting feedback from their toughest critic, Coach Burns. I think the round overall went particularly well. I thought you both were deadly on cross-examination. In terms of overall skills, the one thing that I want to talk about in particular, Tyler, you're uh, closing. The line, Dr. LeGrain is not a miracle worker. He cannot create magic out of dust. That was a beautiful line. That was beautifully, beautifully done. But what I need from you, you've got to get organized and you've got to pick where you're sticking your ending tomorrow. We'll get it, we'll get it. If I get to go tomorrow, it's gonna to be even so much better. Tonight, when you're not gonna sleep, because you're not gonna sleep no matter what I tell you, um, perhaps you should pick the path. You gotta pick the like three things that you're gonna spend your time on, and then you gotta plot out that last paragraph with that American flag behind you. I should see it start waving in non-existent South Dakota wind. I should see it blowing like it's out on the damn prairie in the middle of the winter, Tyler. I, I'll, I'll get it, I'll get it. I'll get good. it. Good, good. Because you can. Because, guys, there was moments of true brilliance throughout this entire trial for both of you in all of the skills. Okay, look. You walked into the room and you said, yeah, we can do this too. And you refused to be denied. The fact that you got complimented on your evidentiary arguments is a big deal at these competitions. Shake off whatever it is that you're beating yourself up about in your head because I can see it on both of your faces. Knock it off. Well, we thought it's this was going to be a butt-chewing, Professor Rose. Well, look, you want me to do the part where I, where I chew you out? I can chew you out on Go a ahead. Things. You know what the format for objection is. Objection, legal basis, then issue, rule, analysis, conclusion. Okay. You know what that is. You spent all last semester doing it in evidence. It's like there's a method to the madness, gentlemen. It's like there's a reason that we argue things in class the way that we do. I want you to focus on the high points. I want you to focus on the great things that you did. This is a learning experience. We are learning and we are growing. You held your own against Howard. You should be proud of that. Now, what do y'all need to do? You need to go to the hell of bed because you got a hell of a round tomorrow against Georgia. But for tonight, you should be proud. You should be proud of the effort. And you should be proud of how you pushed. 
the work that you all put into this is clear. Thank you. None of us gets through life solo. Everybody is standing on the shoulders of the people that came before them. I caught up with Coach Rose a little later that day. You and I both know anybody can be an advocate, but not everybody can be a trial lawyer. Fair. You have to learn to be able to spot what's going on in your case and hear that moment when the jury kind of shifts and you can feel that moment where they've made a decision about something and lean into that thing that they've made a decision about because it's working for you. That's advocacy. The ability to adjust and to communicate on this very human level about these very human subjects so that we can continue to speak truth to power and protect democracy. Um, My students always laugh at me because they say that I like to get on a soapbox about that, but it's the truth. The American trial system is the thing that stands in the way of the government and corporations being able to run ramshot over people. As Tyler and the team pack up for the day, they realize this may be their last tournament of the year. She wasn't too bad. I knew she was going to come with some criticism there. It was well-deserved, but I she said we had moments of brilliance, so I'll take it. Yeah, I'm always going to Monday, you know, always look back and think of what I could have done better, but I'm exhausted right now. I feel like I gave it everything. We're all two L's as well. But even with that, the one thing I think everyone has said is, I mean, we held our own with a very good team, and Howard basically said, hey, we want to go up against USD. The real reason they challenged us was because they knew that they thought they could push us around, and I think we showed. Because we're the underdog. Hey, if you're going to call out, you know, the University of South Dakota, we're going to stand our ground. We're going to hold our ground against anybody. You know, Coach Rose talks about South Dakota nice. Out on the prairie, folks will play hardball if they have to. Years ago, before leaving for Harvard, the young Ron Valeski decided to go for a bike ride. I don't travel as much as I used to. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever have the opportunity to step foot on the sacred soil of the Steady Rock. We'll see. I had the goofy idea of riding my bicycle from here on to the Black Hills. And uh, a good friend of mine, whom I played football and basketball against in high school, we decided we'd get 10-speed bicycles and leave from here on South Dakota and and, uh, ride our bikes to uh, Rapid City. And we did. We made it in four days, and we toured around out there. He got a little tired of, of biking, so he decided to take a bus home. I decided to ride my bike home. But before I rode my bike home, I decided that I'd go on a little hitchhiking tour. And I did hitchhike up to the reservation and I visited my mother and we spent uh, some time together. Uh, Before I came back and left for college. So I did reconnect with my mother in that respect. And that was the first time I also saw my father. 16, I guess 17, when I saw my father, first met him. That's another whole story. We don't have time for all that. Okay, just repeat after me. It's a very simple repeat after me. This team, this team, best team, best team, this team, best team, best team. 
That's next time on Class Action. Class Action is a production of iHeartRadio and Sound Argument. Created, produced, and edited by Kevin Huffman and Lisa Gray. This episode was written by Wendy Nardi. Executive producers are Taylor Shacoin and Katrina Norvell. Sound design, editing, and mixing by Evan Tyre and Taylor Shacoin. This episode had additional field production by Paul Ebsen and Malia Lukomsky. Additional editing by Carl K. Robinson. Archival audio provided by Victoria Wicks and South Dakota Public Broadcasting. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.